0: Welcome to A Day of Prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Hello, I am Promise, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, Mommy, can you open us up in prayer?
1: Yes, I can, sweetheart. God, we love you. We thank you. We bless your holy and wonderful and mighty name, God, and we just exalt you. Lord, we ask you to minister to your people today. Minister to us all to know what it is that's on your heart, Jesus. Guide us and direct us. Holy Spirit, teach us your ways bless the people that are listening God touch their homes their lives their finances their families their children Lord God give them the mind of Christ let them know that they have a sound mind in you Jesus thank you Lord we bind up fear We cast it out in the name of Jesus, Lord, and we know that our hope is in you, steadfast and immovable. We believe in you, Jesus. We believe that you died for our sins on the cross. We believe that you were raised again on the third day, and we believe that you are seated right now at the right hand of the the Father, the right hand of majesty on high. You are our God, and we are your people. We love you, and we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, well, good morning. Welcome, everybody, to our Bible study and our study, continued study, in 1 Corinthians. So we're going to pick up where we left off in chapter 15. And with that, can I get a volunteer to read verses 20 through 38, please? I will. All right, Layla.
3: But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says, All things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead, if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm, by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me? If the dead do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. But someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed its own body. Amen. That's so exciting. Mm
0: -hmm. Amen is right. All right, so as is our custom, I'm going to open the floor to each of you to discuss and share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. All right?
4: Okay. Who would okay. like to begin? I will.
0: All right, Le Charles.
4: I, have asked, I found verse 22 interesting. in The second half when he says, so in Christ all shall be made alive. And how the Lord was just showing me that even with people who... Do not make it to heaven they're all still resurrected the same he doesn't leave them inside the grave in this earth but he all resurrect he resurrects all them to judge them and how that relates to revelation and the lord has just show me that in my mind i kind of pictured it like people standing along lines with the lord sitting at a judge desk and just stamping people's uh, papers and sending them where they go the lord showed me that's not how it works everybody's going to be raised from the dead everybody's going to be come from the grave And then he's going to judge them. While they're already judged when they die, he is just sealing it away, essentially. And just making them go to where they are going to go. Except for the people who died before Christ came. Mm. Those people, on the other hand, got a second chance. Okay.
2: That picked the second chance. They go to heaven.
4: Yes, if they picked it. Other than that, nope.
1: So when what did you mean when you said everybody's going to go to heaven? Did you say that? I didn't
4: say everybody's going to go to heaven. I said everybody's going to be resurrected. Okay. Nobody's going to be left in this earth that's dead. They're all going to um, be resurrected and judged. While we're already judged here on earth and already know where we're going to be going because the Lord doesn't just leave an incompletion and say, oh, I'm going to do that later. He de- deals with everything in that moment. He knows where everybody's going to be going, but the final dealing with it and— putting them where they're supposed to be is going to happen after everybody's resurrected Mm -hmm. and how we all get new life that's how there's a second death if we all died once and nobody people who went to show they never came back again that means the lord was lying about being their second death but he resurrects everybody just the same
1: okay well
4: but depending where you go in your resurrection okay depends entirely about what you did in life
1: your if choice. You, did you choose Christ or did you not?
4: Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Did okay. you choose him and continue in that choice, should I say?
0: That's good. That's good, sir. Because you can, it says you were made alive in Christ, right? Yes. And there are other places in scripture that say that, uh, that we're made alive in Christ Jesus. And just because we are resurrected, does that mean we're actually alive? And, and I say it in this way, right? We're alive now on this earth, but then there's still the, the natural aspect of, are we truly living? And if you have someone that, whether it's money or whatever, but actually goes out and enjoys life and is joyful and, and all those things, and has experiences, would you not say that that person is actually living life? Yes. yes. Okay. But if someone is, whether that's because of their their themselves and what they impose on themselves or because of, you know, whatever financial situation and choices they made, that they're restrained, right? And you know, you can take a prisoner or someone that's, um, um, you know, penitentiary and in jail or prison or whatever the case is, right? They're alive, but are they truly living life? No, no, no. That but they are alive. So, in a similar manner, when we go for our salvation for eternity, where we end up determines if we are. Alive and uh, that is living, right in Christ, or are suffering the consequences of our actions, our choices, and the decision to be apart from Christ. yet your, your your spirit, your soul, right is alive, but is it truly living? And not oh, in hell. God. No, it's tormented. So the encouragement is always, and the admonishment is always, choose Christ.
4: So that you may be, that you may live and be wealthy.
0: Mm -hmm. You and your children after you, right? Yes. (laughs) mm Mhm. So that's good. Anyone else?
2: I have one. Wait, no, I have some. Okay.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say just one. (laughs) Let's hear it, sir.
2: Okay. First, I have a question in verse thirty two where Paul says he was wrestling a beast is he actually talking about he was wrestling a beast
1: mm. <laughs> and, like an animal um,
4: i don't think I think so. he was using this as an example
2: but, but that's why he said
4: if i not i have done
2: but it says
3: i have fought with but he said the in the beast. what does it say men.
0: if I have fought or oh, sorry, if okay. in the manner of men I have fought with beasts. Is,
4: right? I don't think he was talking about natural beasts. I think talking like no. spiritual
0: stuff. Well, Yes, there's spiritual stuff, but then there's also even the natural, right? Yes. How do people behave?
4: Sometimes you're Is unruly. it unruly?
0: Is it, right, like Nebuchadnezzar, right? He was clearly a human, but he, at, at one point when he thought or put himself in the place of God, that the Lord... Caused him to lose his mind Right Yes His faculties Which were given by the Lord Were Taken And then he lived as a beast Right Just things that didn't make sense Right Yes, yes. Or as a wild animal Substitute that for beast Right Yes or Like this This doesn't make sense This is not how uh, If you will We could say normal human behavior And by that I mean human behavior in the way that the Lord intended it, right? So doing things that were contrary to how the Lord intended it in opposition to him, right? Yes. Yes. Does that make more sense to you? Just so we can understand and kind of wrap our our minds around it.
1: And I I did think he was referencing his time that he spent in Ephesus where there was issues with um, pagan believers. Absolutely. People that worship pagan gods that um, if you look at... Acts chapter 19, for example, um, they were upset with him over their pagan, pagan God. And so there was like an uproar, um, at Ephesus and people that were stirring those things up. So it could be a reference to that as well, because that was the time where he had to leave Um, and he did spend time like fleeing from one place to the other. So you guys have a moment to look at that.
3: Yes.
0: Mm -hmm. So So what else were you going to share promise? Or what else was the Holy Spirit, to say it, to say it a different way? What else was the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you?
2: Um. So then, the Lord is telling us, if wait, then Paul was telling. Ta- then the Lord was telling me, you. When in verse thirteen thirty-two, 32, it says, if the dead do not rise, let us eat, drink, let's eat, drink for tomorrow we die. Well Paul's saying, originally I originally didn't understand what the Lord was talking to Paul about. But then the Lord showed me that he was talking about there. If there's no resurrection, then they're being vain. He was reiterating that idea, if you will. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like what Mr. Dean said. Um, before about if there is no God, you know there's no resurrection. You have no hope in that. Why why try to do anything um, moral? Why why put any effort towards that? You might as well just go and live like I would say the Dickens. <laughs>
0: or, or what's been defined or described as heathens, or right? Mm-hmm. So just complete opposition to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not recommending that you go do that.
1: No, no, he's not. <laughs> but he's, he's saying.
0: saying if you're refusing to believe these truths, then why are you even trying to live with any type of morality?
1: Or keep a portion of it. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: What would be the point or purpose then? Right. And, and why is he essentially, in effect, saying those things? Because it's a cause for us to reflect and examine ourselves internally. How we're living. Why do we believe what we believe? Right. And for us to, to reason within ourselves, but then also we have the opportunity there to, uh, I'll say, reason with the Lord, to seek the Lord on it, right? Or or to go before the Lord and, and ask the Lord, to, Hey, can for an experience, an encounter, right? Yes. Uh, he knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You you can ask him for a sign, right? Mm-hmm. Or. Phrased another way, to show himself, to prove himself. N- has he not done that throughout the entirety of Scripture?
2: Yes. Every
0: generation? Okay. Uh, even Gideon, right? We talked about that recently. He asked for a sign. Right? And and yes. countless others. And then for some, there was still dis- div- unbelief or disbelief, right? Right? So it was. Hey, uh, how about the opposite of this first sign, right? Yes. Uh, have the dew on the on the fleece only, but not on the on the grass, right? That was the second one. Yes. Have the dew yes. on the grass, but not on the fleece, right? Like people want to know that they know. The Lord understands. He will not be mocked. No, right? But if we're truly willing to know, if we seek, set our heart and our mind to actually know the Lord, He's. He's not um, upset by that, right? Yes. Okay.
2: Then Lord, talks me about verse 33 where it says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, and verse 34 it says, Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. The Lord was talking to me about how what he really brought up was a couple of times inside my life where, where I think I'm so good at this one thing I don't have to practice or I can just let myself go willy-nilly. And when I go to do that thingy, when I want to go do that thing that I'm really good, I end up going, what happened? And someone else is better than me. So the Lord showing me that don't. Always be practicing what the Lord tells you and don't give yourself a break. Because when you t- take a break, you end up corrupting good habits. Okay. Mm-hmm. And where it says, awake to righteousness and do not sin, the Lord's is ta- telling me to recognize righteousness and do not go, ooh, I'm going to go do some sin, but going, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do.
0: Mhm. Absolutely.
2: And yeah. yeah.
0: And can we build on that a little more, right? Yes. Cuz and we've discussed this, you know, a few times, right? But Paul is writing to to the church in Corinth, right? The Corinthians. And as a father, right? Yes. He points out at the beginning, "Hey, you have many teachers, but not many fathers." There are those that would that are invested in and in care about the outcome of your life. Right. And yes. will do everything in their, in their power to help you so that things will be well with you. Right. Yes. So, in this is also some instruction, right. And I'm sure it's a repeating of things where he says evil company corrupts good habits. Right. And, and I'll say it in this way, who we associate with matters or phrase differently. The things that we allow in our lives, right? And this is, I think, a yes. point that you were trying to bring bring out, right? Matter. They're, they're in our lives because they hold significance or importance of some kind to the individual, right? Yes. We then should weigh the balance. Is this of the Lord? Is this bringing me closer and maturing me in my relationship and walk with him? Or is this taking away from that? Which is why he's saying, hey... It corrupts good habits. What do you read all the time? It's not about, I'll say it in this way, how we structure our lives, right? Are we, have we created a, a structure and rhythm where we are spending time with the Lord and allowing Him, allowing opportunities in and throughout our day to spend time with Him and His Word and in prayer and allow Him to teach us and minister to us? Or, have we fashioned our life in such a way where uh, maybe we We said, hey, Lord, thank, you know, at the end of the day, right? Like, right before we go to bed, like, oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, thanks for the day, Lord. And that's it. And that's the extent of our relationship, right? So what is in there is also a built-in component of guard your gates. Be wary of what you allow into your life, right? Yes. Now, yes, that goes back to what we were saying uh, earlier this week or at another time of, Fellowship, right, versus friendship. Yes. And it's not that we can't have, um, I'll say, relationships with those that are, I'll say, not yet believers, right? But the whole point and purpose is that we are still discipling them towards Christ. We're still pointing them towards him. And how much more so with our relationships with our uh, Christian brothers or believers or other disciples of Christ, followers of Christ, that we are encouraging and admonishing and edifying them, focused, even though we're, we're gathered together, focused with the intent of maturing in Christ. Right, there, there's an element or aspect of guarding our gates, but then also right, coming to that awareness where he says, awake to righteousness. Right? Yes. Let's be aware of, well, as it's said in, in multiple places, right, especially Romans, right? Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily besets us, right? Because we have such a great cloud of witnesses. People are watching, even if you're not watching or examining yourself, others are watching, right? Not giving the enemy a, a foothold or a place in our lives. That's why Jesus could say, hey, the rule of the world is coming ruler of this world is coming but he has nothing in me he guarded his gates he didn't allow any place for the enemy to come in so there's an, an admonishment and exhortation to pursue that same pattern that Christ had in individually in each of us to make more sense yes Anything else there, sir? That was it. Okay. Anyone else have something they want to share?
2: I do. Um,
0: well, let's hear it, Layla. Just kind of
3: place. So I found it interesting where um, Paul had told the people at Corinth in or verse 36, where he called, said, Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. It reminded me of what Jesus said when um, he was talking about wheat. He said, unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. And then the fruit that this one seed produced can now produce more, and it just continues to grow. And so from one apple seed, you can have a whole orchard of apple trees. And it just reminded us that, uh, reminded me, I should say, that when I consider things and I look at the task that God is asking me to do am I willing to lay my life down and be that seed that will fall into the ground and die so that I can produce the fruit that I'm supposed to be producing and I'm not talking about physically dying but just my will of being able to lay that down and give it over to him to do whatever he wants to do and I find um, Paul's words there as an encouragement that unless we do this we remain alone And it's not alone in a good way.
1: Mm -hmm. Amen. And how do you make that choice to do that? Do you know how to make that choice to do that? Um. It's as simple as making the choice. When the opportunity comes to you and God says, hey, this is what I want from you. Make the choice to go, okay, God. And then go do. And allow what he wants to take place. And participate in it as much as depends on you, not try to make it happen on your own, but do what's fitting and according uh, and appropriate to what he's requested. But it's really for us as human beings, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think, no, I'm not going to do that, guess what, you're not going to do it. If you think, yes, I am going to do that, you are going to do it. And then you continue to make that decision, you make the choice and commit to it. I told God I was going to do this for him. I'm going to go do it. And just like we've already learned, we can do nothing of ourselves, nothing of our own initiative, but we can do what God gives us the grace to do. We can do what he has requested because in the request, he provides the power, the ability to get it done. And he expects us to rest and trust his grace will be there and still to go, to take up our cross. We take up our cross. The cross doesn't jump on our back. Someone else doesn't nail it to us and go now walk. That's not how that goes. You take up your cross and you follow Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good. That's a good point, Layla. That, what the Lord was speaking and ministering to you about, right? And it falls right in line with the first verses we we were discussing, right? As far as um, where it talks about how. By man, which is Christ, right? also came the resurrection from the dead, right and how Christ makes alive. and then he begins this this discussion or uh, as Paul's writing here, articulating what comes next, right? which is everything is put subject under his, that is the Lord's feet, being the last Adam, right? Everything should pass by before him. it is our role and and job responsibility if you will that we allow everything to pass by before him right that is putting it in subjection under his feet Mm -hmm. not resisting him so um ultimately all things will be made subject to him our role then in this life is to do that now right being yes. a citizen of heaven as it were right it is to or an ambassador of christ whichever way you want to phrase it it is to put ourselves in subjection under his feet so that's everything mind will emotion are everything put it into subjection under his feet not my will but yours be done right yes. what did he say to to peter when he had to rebuke him
3: You said, get behind me, Satan. You're not mindful of the things of the Lord, but the things of men.
0: Okay. And Satan means adversary. So in one moment, Peter went from, or put himself in opposition to the Lord and was rebuked. Right? Yes. Instead of bringing what he had thought in his natural mind before the Lord and allowing the Lord to teach him. And I don't bring that, I'm not trying to condemn Peter, right? But these things are written so that we would know, that we would learn, that we would grow and mature in the things of Christ. It's our job and role to do that now, Mm -hmm. right? Growing in him and, and us being in alignment with him and his plan, not what we think or what we want to see happen, but just, I'll say, following what the Lord says to say and is leading you to do in your life, saying what he says to say, doing what he says to do. That's how we put things in subjection. Mm-hmm. We have a, a role in that.
1: And you know, that that when you were talking about how Peter was rebuked, I don't take that to his shame. No. It's a, it's a reminder and a showing that as we renew our mind, like we grasp ideas and concepts from the Lord, like the Holy Spirit telling Peter that Jesus is the Christ of the Messiah, and Peter said, okay, I agree to that. But then he also still had reflexes In him Mm -hmm. that were more natural than they were godly focused and he just had to learn and renew his mind again like oh god does do things that don't seem nice to us but it's his will that i should be after not that it's all pretty and pleasant and in a row or not that it's how i want it to be but it's how god wants it to be and how he gets the glory so peter just had to continue that journey of renewing his mind just because he got one step of it doesn't mean he got the whole kitten caboodle he had to get keep going step by step line upon line with the lord Mm -hmm. and position himself that god could speak into his life you know he could have said i'm taking my ball and going home when jesus corrected him he could have been like i'm embarrassed he could have done a myriad of things but he didn't he humbled himself and Mm -hmm. said okay jesus I get it now. I'll follow you and keep going still. So that's how we do that. We are not going to get everything perfect, but we have a gracious, good, loving Savior who knows our frame. He knows our weakness that we're but flesh. He knows how long we've been in the world. He knows the thought processes of the world. And when he comes to correct us, don't be offended. Don't take your ball or your life and go home. (laughs) Give it back to Jesus and go, okay, God, now I know two things instead of just one let's keep moving. Now I know three things. I know four things. I'm going to keep going and keep what he gives to you and continue to walk in it and continue to add. Amen. Keep adding. Keep adding to your faith.
0: Amen. And putting you, us, our lives as a living sacrifice, right? That's laying it down before his feet or putting it under his feet, allowing him to be God and we being his people. Amen. So let's pause there for today and we'll We'll pick this again, or pick this up again tomorrow. All right? So can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please?
2: I will. All right, I promise. Well, I just thank you for today, and I just thank you for showing us what errors we have inside of life and just telling us what they all are instead of peace mainly, but also speaking in such a way that we can receive it. And Lord, I just thank you for Coming into our midst And come, staying there And just revealing your word To everybody In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Amen.
0: amen amen We love you, God bless you And have a wonderful day
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer